0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to our first episode of the Key to Connection podcast. We're so happy to have you here listening. Um, Izzy and I are speech language pathologists. We met, how many years ago was that? 2017, six years. So we've known each other for six years. We met in grad school in San Diego, where we came to earn our master's degree learning about speech language pathology. Speech language pathology is the study of speech language and overall communication across the lifespan. We both developed a love of aphasia, which is a language disorder that a lot of our patients have had, you know, had struggles with and had to work with us. Um,
1: I think people find aphasia really interesting.
0: It is. And it's like, if you haven't seen it before, you have no idea what it even looks like. I remember like the first time that I So I think it was in undergrad and I saw a video of it. And it's so hard to explain unless you can actually see what's happening.
1: Yeah, for sure. Aphasia is the loss of language after a stroke or brain injury that leaves people with the ability to speak what they want to say in their head, but they can't say it out loud. So they're having this disconnect between what's going on in their mind and what they're actually able to say.
0: Yes. So there's other types of aphasia too, which affects like the understanding of language and it it can just affect so many different areas, depending on the stroke, depending on the location, depending on the person, the age. And of course it really affects their relationships with the people close to them and their ability to form new relationships. And for me personally, I don't know, Izzy, you might have a different experience, but for me, working with people who had that disorder and who were struggling in that way really gave me a new appreciation for communication and connection with others because if we're we take it for granted if we're just easily able to say what's on our mind and speak our feelings and you know introduce ourselves to somebody new and when you have that taken away it really isolates you
1: definitely yeah no I'm completely agree. I have a new understanding of connection and what it means to be in relationship. And it's interesting because I think when you're working with people at the phasia, you see them lose so many friends and family members and close people in their life. But then you also see sometimes they have the most magnificent relationship with one close person, such as their spouse. And you see how a connection is able to be maintained it's kind of beyond words, and you find you see the ways that people are really resilient in communicating in other ways, and um, just how understanding people can be. So it's interesting because you see both sides of connection really with with a disorder like aphasia.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and like you said, resi- like the resiliency of those patients and their families. It's so so incredible and of course all of the progress that they can also make and like you said finding new ways to communicate it really is incredible to be able to witness that so I'm just I'm so grateful that we have that as our career and it I definitely feel like it's a calling in a way because it is so meaningful to people
1: absolutely I feel like it's a purpose and a passion that is lifelong and will never will never die. I'm always going to be so fascinated and, you know, inspired to work with people with aphasia.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely. And it's like everybody has something that they want to say. Everybody as a human has things that they want to communicate, and everybody deserves to have that time and to be listened to. And patience is such
1: a big thing okay um Um, tell the people why we wanted to start this podcast
0: so i remember a couple months ago what were we talking about when we brought it up
1: how did we get to this um how How,
0: did we get get to this (laughs) wait i found a text so we, yeah, we were talking about starting things. And then I said, also, I've been thinking about doing a podcast for marketing, but also just for fun. Have you ever thought about starting one?
1: Aww. And then you said,
0: OMG, I've always thought about doing a podcast. And then I said, I think it would be so fun, right? Same, OMG. And then I said, should we start one? <laughs> and you said, the imposter syndrome is kicking in, but I'd honestly love to. It's always been a dream. That's so funny. Okay.
1: So I guess it's because we were both starting our own niche business and then we connected just to kind of like congratulate each other. And then you came up with the idea of, you know, maybe doing a podcast for marketing. And then it's been something that both of us have honestly thought about for like quite a while. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think we both, I know for me, like I used to listen to a lot of spirituality podcasts and that's where I always thought I would do a podcast in, Mm -hmm. but like, now it's kind of cool that there's this intersection where we're talking about human connection because it's like, you know, communication, but it's also pretty like spiritual and it's also very real and like real life. And, you know, so I think it's like this cool little intersection we found. So
0: true. Like, starting out, I never wanted to just be talking about speech pathology. I think I wanted to talk about communication as like a bigger picture and like connection. And you and I both kind of have those two interests. And so it just kind of made sense for us to come together and start talking about it. Yeah. Izzy, what is our, what's our goal of this podcast?
1: Our goal (laughs) is to find the variety of perspectives on what is the key to connection. So as speech language pathologists, we obviously put communication at the forefront of human connection. And that doesn't have to just be speaking, that's nonverbal, that's texting, that's writing, that's, you know, everything that is words and gestures and facial expressions. So that to us is the key to connection in so many ways. And we've seen uh, where communication fails and how that alters human connection. Um, So that's really our perspective. And we have so much to say about that, but we want to bring on a variety of people therapists, uh, spiritual healers, life coaches, um, friends who are curious about this topic, friends who have gone on to be like social influencers. And what do they think the key to connection is? Because we want to hear from a broad range of people. Um, We think this topic is so important because again, we've seen in our profession and then also just in our personal life, what human connection means to us and what it means to people and how it brings people together. And it reminds me of a Ted talk that I would listen to in one of my aphasia groups that talked about the, the longest study on happiness ever done. It was a Harvard study. And, um, they began by studying, you know, college age males, um, white males. So it's definitely like a little bit of a skewed study, but college age males on, they were studying, um, they were asking them a variety of questions all about their lifestyle and they studied them throughout their entire life. They would check in on them like every couple of years. And they found in the end that the, the most longevity and the highest happiness was found with those people who had human connections and had good relationships. And really the key to that podcast was saying that if you maintain good relationships, then you'll maintain your health and your well-being and your happiness. So it's obviously so, so important. Um, that's why we want to explore connection even deeper. And
0: I do think, like for me personally, having recognized the importance of connection, not just through working as a speech-language pathologist, but just with my own life experiences, and how important it is and how i see so many people in my own life who struggle navigating that and it's like i see the desire in everyone but because we have so much you know societal programming or trauma from our childhood or past experiences some for you know all of that piled on makes it so difficult to connect with other people because we have walls up or we don't understand how to take another person's perspective or how you know so it's like almost like getting that conversation started to spread awareness I mean not awareness everybody knows like how important connection is but just to get people thinking about it and hopefully people are more open to that connection even if it's with a stranger on the street you know like giving a stranger a smile or asking someone how they're doing and how that can just add so much positivity to somebody's day. Even things as little as that, I just feel like it's so important.
1: I love that, Esty. I feel like we should challenge our listeners like every episode, like, okay, go out and smile. Or I remember I had a spiritual healer who said, imagine you have like a, a whole field of flowers in front of you. And every time you walk past someone give them a flower and like, see what happens. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. So we could challenge our listeners. Then they could write in and tell us how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you just got me thinking, of course, the topic of connection came up so much during COVID and how connections were so altered and, um, you know, so hard to connect. You couldn't go out and meet new people. You couldn't see your family face-to-face, but then again, just like that resiliency of we saw a connection like never before, like through Zoom, through even just like you know, TikTok and Instagram, and just like there was all these phenomenon and different like YouTube shows that were happening. And you know, connection lived on. So there's just this innate desire to connect that will that will persist and live through any challenge. So I want an expert to come on and talk to us about like what happened to human connection during Covid.
0: yeah, find someone. Oh, that would be so interesting to have like a sociologist or, you know, people who really have the statistics for us. That would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, cause I, so my family is spread out pretty large family. I have four siblings. We're all kind of in different places. And during COVID we would do like FaceTime or zoom game nights and, COVID's over, but we still do those now because we're still separated. It was just that now there's the collective experience of you're being isolated in your homes. And so it's almost like it brought attention to what are the connections that you really value in your life? And family is obviously very important to everybody. And then it's like, how do you preserve that connection even when you're at a distance? So
1: now we're going to answer a few questions that we want to explore deeper And Esty, I'll ask you first what makes you feel most connected to others? I love this question. And I also feel like my
0: answer changes all the time because it almost feels like the love languages thing of like, what is it that makes you feel the most loved or how do you give love? But how do I feel most connected? This is going to sound so cliche, but I feel like I feel most connected in a conversation with somebody I wonder like deeper what it is almost like when I find an underlying experience that someone else has had and I can show them that I understand it I think that's how I feel connected to people because what I think of like how do I feel disconnected to people and I think that's when I can't find a common ground or a common experience and I think as human, we all have collective and related, relatable experiences in some way. Like you can relate to anybody. If you really dig deep enough, we've all experienced similar emotions, maybe not the exact same life events, life experiences, but we, there's something that we can connect on. Um, and I find that when I'm talking to people who aren't able to like open that up and show that then I feel very disconnected so maybe it's vulnerability that makes me feel connected when I like that right like when I can feel safe to be vulnerable with somebody and then they can return that which like I don't it's not like because hmm. I also feel like vulnerability like it doesn't have to be 50 50 you know like if I'm sometimes it's I think of it as like you have to lead by example with some relationships of like, okay, I'm going to show this person how to be vulnerable or how it's like safe to be vulnerable. And then they can learn. Cause I've definitely learned from people. I've learned from very close friends who showed me how to be vulnerable and that it's safe to do so. So that was kind of a ramble. Should I share my answer?
1: No, you found your answer. I love that you found it. That was really cool. Um, it's probably going to be the same for me because I think it's hard to just pinpoint it right away, but, um, sorry, I'm still thinking of yours. Yours is really good. That was, that was really interesting. I'm curious, just like what people, like when we talk to therapists and stuff, they'll definitely touch on vulnerability and how and why it's so important. So, yeah, yeah that's really cool. Um, I think what makes me feel most connected to others is, is being seen by others Like when I can really feel like I'm being seen for who I am and, and I can just be totally like my silly, goofy, weird self and just like, or, you know, just, yeah, just be seen and like have the space to like voice my opinions and, um, yeah,
0: no, it's almost like, um, like if you're able to kind of like take that mask off that everybody has then it's like you know that's a true connection with someone if you feel comfortable mm-hmm. with that yeah yeah I have a follow-up question we might not include this but I'm just curious do you feel like as you get older it's almost like you keep the mask on more or you take it off more
1: that's a really good question um, <sighs> Hmm. I think it's kind of like gone in waves in my life. Like high school, it was on college. I was like, holy shit, I could take it off. This is awesome. I love this place. Like grad school, I felt very like accepted and like the mask was off a little bit more. But then like after going through a lot of hardship and like trials and, and things, I'm kind of like a little bit more like feeling like unseen by people. And like, I just want to keep my mask on and not really look too deep at others and just stay in my small little huddle of Mm -hmm. people (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah so I think I think I've been naive with my mask I'm because I'm pretty like open and um yeah like I trust quickly Mm. and so I think it's like fine to be myself but then I'll get like an inkling of like realizing like people are judging me or it's not being seen the way I'm I'm meant to portray myself and then I'll be like really confused and then it'll it'll switch off the mask a little bit or I'll take I'll put on the mask a little more so right. I don't know what's interesting
0: yeah I feel the same way I was thinking about it and it's definitely like depends on the phases I feel like overall I can take the mask off more now that I'm older but there are periods of my life where it's like nope it's got to go back on and I also just recently realized in situations that I thought my mask was off that it really wasn't
1: Mm. interesting
0: kind of lacking a little bit of self-awareness there until recently thinking like oh yeah this is my true self like this is who I am and then it's like nope actually that's really not that's Mm. how I want people to see me but ultimately that's
1: not so yeah that's interesting yeah yeah Um. okay
0: next question yes
1: How do you like to connect with others? I wish we had prepared these before. I know. I know. I didn't at all.
0: (laughs) How do I like to connect with others?
1: Yeah. How do you like to connect with others? I feel like all of my answers
0: are are the same. I like asking people questions. And I like having them ask me questions like it means a lot when someone can ask me questions and I know that they're trying to seek like a deeper understanding of me and at the same time I love to understand like why do you think that way why is that your favorite movie like why does it resonate with you why do you read that book every single year like what things like that that I'm like I want to understand people's like habits on a deeper level um But then I also like like the people that I'm very close to, I like to just be kind of how you mentioned like silly and goofy. Like I like to just kind of be in that like fun state, but it's very, it's, there's not a lot of people that I can do that with. So it's like the, the very small group of people that I can, when I'm with them, that's the state that I want to be in.
1: Yeah. I love that about asking questions. It's so good. I feel like I struggle with that a little bit, but I'm going to try to get better during our part, our podcasting.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. How do I like to connect with others? Um. My answer is going to be a little bit less deep and more like kind of silly, but like, honestly, I've always been a big texter. Like, I feel like I can catch up with a friend, like through text, like if, if it's been if it's somebody who I'm not, not able to see in person, but of course I'd love to like connect with others in person, like over a good meal, glass of wine. And we're just like really getting into it. Mm -hmm. But, um, lately I've really been, um, vibing off of sending people reels (laughs) because I'm like super into reels. And I feel like I'm connecting with others just through like humor and, um, yeah.
0: I feel like it's like a deeper, it's not just sending reels, right? It's like, if you if they're funny or something, then it's like, okay, you know, this person has a sense of humor, or it's like, oh, this made you think of them. So I, I feel like that's such a meaningful way to connect. I love that.
1: (laughs) Thank you. It's so true.
0: And it's interesting how you said texting, because I, I've gotten in trouble with a lot of friends, because I will forget to text back. And that's and I've had to learn, like, that's how they feel connected to me. I don't feel connected to people through text. So, and that's been a problem for me with like relationships as well. It's like, I can text somebody all day, but then I'm like, I want to have a in-person conversation. And they're like, well, what do you mean? Like, we've been texting all day. So mm-hmm. it's, it's like so important to understand different people have different ways of feeling connected, you know? Yeah,
1: that's so true. Okay.
0: I'll ask you first this time. What makes you feel most disconnected to others?
1: I guess, again, like, if there's just, if I'm not being seen, or if there is just, like, a fundamental disagreement, or, um, yeah, I'm thinking of, like, just some, like, people you run into at a bar, like, usually I'm pretty open, and I like to talk to to people, but then you just run into those certain people who it just feels like they don't care about, like, getting to know you, and they're not seeing you at all, Mm -hmm. and, like, I I've just run into that like with maybe like sorority sisters in college the ones who just like very blatantly like just didn't didn't have that urge to connect with me so I think that's where I feel disconnected is where the other person is making like no attempt to Mm
0: -hmm. to connect
1: with me or get to know me or see me and then on the other side I said like a fundamental disagreement like where you just you can't get to the same place and it's like oh wow we're really not on the same wavelength right now but um I was thinking about this and just to bring it back to like aphasia I think that must be so frustrating for people with aphasia to not feel seen for who they really are because a lot of the time they're viewed as cognitively impaired or as you know somebody who needs to be taken care of and somebody who can't take care of themselves. um they might be viewed as like just lacking personality because they're not able to express their personality anymore and I think it's probably really hard to just not feel seen like they don't have their voice anymore so people aren't getting that glimpse into who they are so yeah it's interesting
0: yeah absolutely it's heartbreaking to see because I've seen you know working in the hospital I've seen my patients with aphasia who get completely ignored you know staff will come in and normally staff is going to come in and say hi like introduce themselves and we'll come into the room and not say anything to them yeah. not like wait for them to finish their thought because they're like oh doesn't really seem like they can talk well so um, I'm just gonna go you know instead of giving them that time like it is like yeah like you said I can't I can't imagine how that feels to get that all the time from everybody you know yeah wow I think for me feeling disconnected so thinking of it as like when I felt connected before and like how I feel disconnected from somebody and this is something I'm working on too because I also think it's my own responsibility to work on this because sometimes I'll have very strong reactions to this but if I feel like someone um isn't listening to my perspective on something like if there's a disagreement it's like it's almost like I I need them to understand what I meant or where I'm coming from or why I'm feeling this way and if they don't take the time to do that which sometimes people just don't if they're so set in their own perspective on what happened or if they're defensive or if you know I don't know but yeah yeah
1: I my thought there no, I I hear I you. That's my thought. I thought I thought that was a complete thought. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> i I learned from a young age that like that was like the core of like, at least from in my experience, like a relationship that just wasn't gonna work out, and I had to accept that. Like, mm. if that person just won't listen to my side, and I just can't see theirs. Like, if if neither side can be like seen. Mm-hmm. Then, then it's so frustrating and like, it's just not going to work at yeah. least in a romantic relationship from what my experience.
0: And I think for me, I think I, I am able to see multiple sides to a story. Like I, I don't think that's hard for me to do, which has helped me in resolving conflict. And I haven't always been like that. I feel like that's something that I've learned over the past like couple years of taking a step back and thinking of the other person's perspective even if I'm angry and upset like taking a second to think about that and so I think it is hurtful to me when people don't take the same time but not everybody is at that same level of you know
1: growth yeah yeah that's that's really big of you to do that um yeah I'm sure not every time I'm
0: sure there's still times when I don't do that
1: Wow. I think this episode has really proved to me that there's so much more to talk about, about connection and communication. And I'm really excited to hear from our guests on these topics. We have some really great guests planned for all of you. So definitely stay tuned. Thank you for tuning into today's episode of the Key to Connection podcast. You can connect with us on Instagram at the Key to Connection podcast. DM
0: us if you'd like to join in on the conversation or have an idea for our next topic or guest. Tune in on Thursdays for new episodes.